It's our favorite time of the week as Raider great and radio analyst Lincoln Kennedy joins us on Unnecessary Roughness. And Lincoln Kennedy joins the show right now, kicking off hour three of the show, and we definitely appreciate Lincoln as always. And Link, we just talked to Jason Horowitz, your broadcast partner, and he talked yep. about singing in the booth. And basically, you turned to his wife and said, "You chose to marry this guy." So. <laughs> What's up, guys? How you guys doing today? We are doing well, man. We are blessed. How is how has everything been going between you and Jason? He said he's having a blast. Well, I'm having a blast as well, getting to know the young man, and, and, and it's been fun. It's been a very interesting season. Uh, you know, what I've been trying to, 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 to put, push toward Jason is the fact that you can't get emotionally involved with the Raiders. It's, it's, it's an up-and-down roller coaster ride for, full of emotions, and the fact, the fact is that there's nothing that's, that's ever – consistent or significant when it comes to the Raiders. You can be high one moment and low one moment. It's it's all a part of being a Raider fan. Yeah, that's facts. That is 100% facts right there. Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network broadcast is with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. What would you say would be the storyline or maybe even the theme so far of this Raider season? Uh, no, that's a good one, Q. Um, I would say that it it hurts to be a Raider fan. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the sense? emotions. <laughs> does, 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 that, does, that, does that contend what we're talking about? Yeah. yeah. It hurts to be a Raider fan. No, no, no doubt about it. Right. No, that, that's fair. That's fair. Can, again, like you mentioned, it's an emotional roller coaster. And this week, the, the Raiders will be in New Orleans, a place that you've played. You know what it's going to be yeah. like there. I mean, just what do you think that that crowd's going to be like Halloween weekend with the Silver and Black coming to town? I'm hoping that it could be quite like it was in 2016. Uh, I think Del Rio was a coach when mm-hmm. we went back there. But this time, you know, Halloween and Raider fans that that go hands in hand. Right. You know, for for all the time that they were in Oakland, it was Hagenberger on Halloween. You know, for the, the dressing up and everything else. So I think that that runs you know hand in hand. But I'm hoping that it would be a Raider Nation takeover again on Bourbon Street. Um, yeah, I remember you know from the last time they were there that when they were they were there were New Orleans fans that were saying you know who that who that you know the Raider fans were like we did we did we did we did beat them them damn Saints. So I'm hoping that it's going to be that this game this time around. Lincoln, when you're going into a team like the Saints, they have a similar record, but the Raiders are the better team on paper for the cliche. How do you build up that, I hate to say this word, momentum after (laughs) getting a good win against the Texans and knowing that you've got to string together a couple of more to get back over 500? I don't think the Raiders have that luxury, DeMond, to be honest with you. You know, when you talk about the on paper, you got to go out there and play it. You know, the, the thing is that, and I told my son this when he was talking about his high school team, any given day, any given moment, somebody can beat someone else. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the record is, doesn't matter who they beat before or whatever. You've got to go out there and play everything, every day, and show that you're worth it. The Raiders have got a big opportunity in front of them with this month of football. Um, they were able to take care of business last week against the Texans. They've got to go and take care of business against the Saints this week. And it's not going to get any easier because they're going to stay back east and they're going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars the week after. But they got to go out there and play it. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Lincoln, I wasn't shocked that Dennis Allen and the Saints stuck with Andy Dalton. I was shocked that he announced that on Wednesday. Did that catch you off guard at all? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I, you know, they, they've got some quarterback issues. 
and that's good for the Raiders to see if they can take care take care of business. But Andy Dalton's one of those quarterbacks that have come out in the past and been able to play consistent football. Um, you know, for what it's worth, you know, Winston is not has has not been there um, and, and has not been you know uh, uh, available to be that quarterback. Andy Dalton is one of those guys that give him probably a better chance to win. So does that? And I guess my my shock about it was that he announced it on Wednesday, where I thought that okay, it's going to make the Raiders prepare for multiple quarterbacks, but it just basically said, hey, this is who we're going with. I mean, is is that anything to that? No, not 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 to me. Not, okay. not to me, Demon and Q. It's it's not not anything surprising to me. When it when it comes to the Saints, we know that who they're going to start with Andy Dalton, but they have a third string quarterback that gets the most run out of any third string quarterback <laughs> in the league in Taysom Hill. How much how much of a threat do you think he's going to be for the Raiders and the matchup problems that he presents? Well, they, it, it, it's a changeup, but I don't think the Raiders would do anything different uh, when they when they see him come into the backfield because he's almost like a what they call a wildcat. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's capable of passing as well as running. It's, it's not much of a change-up to me. Again, we're talking with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So when it comes to Patrick Graham and the Raiders' defense, what do they have to do in particular? Because the Saints, make no mistake about it, they have weapons. I don't think Thomas or, or Landry is going to be playing, but Chris Olave is a heck of a player. Yeah. You mentioned Taysom Hill. I mean, they're, they're a challenging offense to go up against. As far as the Raiders, what the Raiders do, I think they have to keep with them what, what they're what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. I mean, in the last throughout the season, they have to find a way to get pressure on the quarterback, whomever that is, and more importantly, shut down the run. That's going to be the big their their biggest challenge. What have you seen from the secondary, especially in my opinion, with Nate Hobbs out? I felt like you kind of saw that he was needed on Sunday. But what do you what do you think of the secondary of the Raiders right now? Not enough. Haven't seen enough of a bigger package as we go forward in the season. But I will say this. Um, if the if the offense is capable of scoring touchdowns, it puts mm-hmm. the pressure on opposing offenses, and that helps the defense uh, because they have to. They, you know, they, it's one of those things where our defense has been, uh, at, at most part, a bend but don't break de- break defense. Um, but you know, for what your point is talking about, Q, you got to talk about the the secondary being able to shut down receivers and shut down people of scoring touchdowns. I think if you can if you can score touchdowns, you put the pressure on the opposing offenses. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, Jason, when we were talking to him, talked about the red zone and the fact that the Raiders were able to score three times in the red zone against the Texans who rarely give up touchdowns in the red zone. Is that something that the Raiders could build on? Yes. Yes. TDs over threes. I've said it before. I'll say it again, Q. TDs over threes. We've got to have touchdowns because that puts a lot of pressure on opposing offenses. I want to take it back to the defense a little bit. With Coach Patrick Graham, when he talks on Tuesdays, I love to hear him speak because he has so much fun when he's talking about the game and making adjustments. Have you seen what I've seen that, hey, he's a better coach when it comes to the second half adjustments? He wants to see what the opposing offense can punch, and then he's got to plan and figure it out. Well, that's what it's about, you know, DeMond, to be honest with you. That's what it's about, making adjustments, especially throughout the game. A lot of times there are, there are overwhelming adjustments in the second half because you have the first half the, the, the game to talk to. But that's what it's about, making adjustments and finding a way to shut down teams after you see what they're going to do against you. Again, we're talking with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Lincoln, i got to ask you, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, Paul Gutierrez tweeted out a picture of you and Bo Jackson at the Oakland Coliseum when Bo was going to light the Al Davis torch. And you were in your uh-huh. denims, man. You were in your denims. Did you see that picture? 
I didn't see it. I didn't <laughs> see it. No, I have to take a look at it. The, 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 I mean, I, I was probably big as a house back then. But anyway, <laughs> what's, what's, what's good? <laughs> That's going back. It's November 24th, 2013. It's oh, you man. and Bo Jackson right next to each wow. other. But I'll tell you what, Lincoln, you were shining, brother. You look good. I like it. I'm gonna. I might. I might have to pull out that denim outfit for this Halloween uh, trip to New Orleans, guys. If I if I can find it. <laughs> that's hilarious. You know what? Because the reason that's funny is because Jason asked me what would be an appropriate costume to wear at a Raider game and, and do the broadcast. What would be appropriate for him? And I told him Darth Vader at the best. You know. You know. Jason's still new to this process. He he has to understand. You know, Halloween on Hackenberger, like we used to do back in Oakland. The fact is, is that you know, whenever whatever you have. Whenever you're going to a Raider game, there's nothing that's inappropriate. As long as you show up and you do your best. The thing is, is that that's what Raider fans do. That's what the Black Hole brings. And I can't wait to see what the Raider fans bring out in New Orleans this weekend. Lincoln, when's the last time you dressed up for Halloween? <laughs> I don't dress up for Halloween, too. You know, man, come on, you know, man. What, what? Dress up for Halloween. I'm a grown ass man. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I try to tell him all the time, Lincoln. I try to tell Demond, but he hasn't quite grown into being a grown ass man, so he don't know. What is it? Dress up for Halloween. I don't dress up for Halloween. I'm a grown ass man. I don't know, man. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, there you go. Well, Lincoln, before we let you go, Dennis Allen, you know, he was the coach of the Raiders when they were back in Oakland. He's now the coach of the of the Saints. We saw Alvin Kamara come out and say we're going to kick their ass for, for, for D.A. Uh, how personal do you think this game is going to be for Dennis the Allen? The last time I saw Dennis Allen is when we had a game in London, and mm. he lost. He, we got their ass here. I didn't, can't believe we, who we played. I can't remember who we played. But I, I remember him getting on the bus. And I said to myself, dead coach walking uh, out loud. And I saw Dennis Allen just with, with, with you know, cleary eyes and everything else. Um, you know, look, there are some guys that make, in my opinion, that make better coordinators than they do head coaches. Mm-hmm. I'm not contending what Dennis Allen has been able to do in New Orleans since he took over as head coach. But he's got a, a number of promising good players that can help him win. They haven't been able to put together. This is a game, in my opinion, that the Raiders should win. Mm-hmm. They're a better team, to me, than the, Ra- than the the New Orleans Saints overall. They have to go to a hostile territory and do it. Um, so I don't really think about much of the man. I'm thinking about the growth of the Raiders and where they are and what they should be by this point. All right, there you go. That's Lincoln Kennedy, the great Lincoln Kennedy. Mic drop moment right there. Lincoln, thanks so much for your time. Be safe on your travels, and we'll talk to you next week. I appreciate it. I might try to find what, what type of outfit I'm or costume I should be wearing. So, so Demond, I think I need to dress up. So when we go to New Orleans, pull, we'll see what. It, uh, but I'm looking forward to it, guys. Pull out the denim. Pull out the denim, Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you, brother. There he goes, Lincoln Kennedy, the great Lincoln Kennedy, multiple time Pro Bowler, also part of the Raiders radio broadcast. Him and Jason Horowitz, and that's awesome right there. We ought to do that more often. Have those two guys back to back. Hell, we got to get on a roundtable one of these weeks. So that's what we got to do. Got to do like the old school, the old party line. And what I mean by the old party line is when this is what we used to do. Demond, I know you, you're a new booty. You don't know about this, but uh, some old cats like me, man, like my guy Vegas Jess, I know that he, he knows all about this and, and other cats, man. What we used to do, I used to get on the phone, me and, uh, and my cousin Chris, we'd get on the phone together. We'd be rapping, talking, da 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 da. Hey, who you talking about? Oh, man, you know, I think Carla looks pretty good. Oh, cool. I'm going to call Carla on three way, but you be quiet. I'm going to get some information for you. Then all of a sudden he'd call her, hey, what's up, girl? Da 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 da. Well, what do you think? about Q oh he's all right or he's this and and the only time it's bad is when you hear something bad oh well that dude you know he's he ain't really my type he's like oh 
And you're trying to be quiet, and you got to get, you know. But, yeah, man, we got to get them on the party line and do that little three- or four-way call. That's what we got to do. Just saying. All right, the party line, huh? You didn't know nothing about it. I told you you didn't know nothing about that. I if you would have just said a three-way call, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, but we did. It was the party line. That's what it was called back in the day. It was called the party line. I'm serious. You just made a. You just made a. I did cool not. Nickname. It was called the party line. I promise you, it's well, what it was called. I'm just saying, called. maybe that's what y'all called it, but it just sounded like a three way call to me. No, it was. It was the hook. Well, first of all, we were trying to, you know, make it happen. We were making do what it do. You know, we were trying to make it happen, but it was. That's what it was called. It was called the party line. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all. I'm sure y'all had all kinds of nicknames for some simple things there. Because you said that, I was just like, can y'all just add another person to the Zoom link? That's all oh, it man. would be. If you want to call it the party line, ain't nobody, ain't nobody doing, ain't nobody doing no Zoom link. You, how are you gonna do that and be uh, incognito? Like, right. how, how are you gonna be on Zoom? I mean, if you, if I'm trying to call someone and get some intel for you and try to put some information in your eardrums, how am I gonna put you on Zoom and you're there and it says your name on the screen to mine? Well, you can just change the name. I thought we were talking about Jason, but you can just change the name. You don't have to put your name. Well, then, well, so what? Are we just gonna talk to a black box? Yes. Oh, that's dumb. No, because then, look, man, who do you think you're talking to? Homegirl's going to say, well, who's in the black box? Oh, that's just Jerome. How come Jerome don't talk? Well, because Jerome's shy. I don't know. That would be dumb. See, that's why y'all don't have no – y'all ain't got no game. You know you what You have no game. You have no game. I wouldn't be on the other line like, yo, ask her what she think about me. No, no because just- we already know the questions to ask, you big dummy. We're asking the question for you. We're trying to be the ultimate wingman, man. We're trying to assist you. We're try- See, that's the, that's the I problem. I got this. You, no, see, that's the thing. I got this. You guys dude. all play with the individual game. We were a team, right? We were a team. We had assist. We had an assist. I would throw an assist or a lob to Chris, or Chris would throw a lob to me. That's how we worked as a team. You guys are too individual these days. You guys want all the glory. You guys want to assist yourselves, and you want to score at the same time. Man, it's not, that's, not, that's not the program. You got to work together. I don't need nobody fumbling the bag for me. Man, you don't fumble the bag plenty of times <laughs> on your own. Don't get me started. That's yeah. probably half the problem. That's why your ass be fumbling too much because you're trying to do it all on your own. You gotta, you gotta Let me have... go out on my, on my sword on my own then. Yeah, I don't you... need you messing this up for me. I would have never messed it up for you. I would have gave you the best layup line you could ever. You, that would have been the one layup that you didn't miss. <laughs> <laughs> I would have assisted you in every question that you needed answered. I would gave, it's like having the answers to the test before you take the test. It's like having an open book. Right. And then when it's your time to get on the phone, then that's when you say, you know, after I've already done all the intel and found out what she's doing Friday night, which is nothing that lets you come in and say, hey, so what are you doing Friday night? And she'll tell you nothing. But if she tells you something, one, she's lying. And that lets you know that you're not part of the plans. See, that's that's the problem with y'all youngsters. I'm glad I am an older dude, man, because y'all ain't got no game. Y'all have no game whatsoever. You guys try to do all that Snapchat and all that electronic stuff to y'all are too, man. CQ, Man. no, here's the thing. I don't want to I don't need the run around. Give me the answer straight up so I can go on about my day. Man, y'all ain't got no game. That's the problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. 415 is the time. Tomorrow with no game. <laughs> in the Vinny Cadillac Performance Studio. Coming up at 430, a man with all the game. We'll ask him about that. Vinny Bonsignor. Oh. He'll he'll tell you all about it, man. Vinny got all the game. Don't don't underestimate Vinny, man. He's got all the game. He's coming up at 430, but we'll get to your calls and texts next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Boy, oh boy. I didn't know what kind of can of worms I was opening up when I was trying to give DeMond a little bit of game from us old cats. Folks think I take that as a, as a, like an insult. 
I'm blessed to have the opportunity to get old, man. I'll tell you that right now. I'm 45. I'll be 46 November 3rd. If you're keeping track, go ahead and uh, go ahead and get a gift for your boy. I'll tell you that right now. I have no problem. Gangster Raider, hit us up. Text line 69187, keyword R&R in L.A. The party line was a phone line, 976-7070. And we used to call in all from over, all over L.A. and uh, try to hook up with girls. It was kind of like Facebook before social media was invented. I met tons of girls on there, as you were. That's from Gangster Raider. Zeke in Bakersfield said, yo, D, you know Q had a tough time trying to get through, uh, to, to get, try to get a three-way call to go through on the rotary phone. I'm with you. Go down on your own sword. Don't need no help, man. Zeke in Bakersfield. See, that's a problem. I'm telling you right now. It's a team effort. Like, can the Raiders go out on Sunday? Can Josh Jacobs go out on Sunday and win the game by himself, or does he need help? Does he need his <laughs> offensive line to block for him or no? I'll I love wait. that is the analogy. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. The only, the only thing that is not a team sport is what? Golf? And I'm not a golfer. My name is not Tiger Woods. I respect him, but my game is not Tiger Woods. Everything else is a team sport, man, including – Including what we're talking about. It's a team sport, man. It's not an individual. Just saying. I didn't have a rotary phone, by the way. <laughs> but, but what I did have is I had probably the longest line, the longest phone line in the house ever. I think I, I put together about five different lines. I had the little snap that you can, you can connect the line. <laughs> I had all those, man. I was able to go from my room to my mama's room downstairs to the guest bedroom. I was, hey, man, I could walk all over the house with the phone so I didn't have to hang up. And then, and then I got real creative. <laughs> After I decided that the, the phone line was a little bit tiring to kind of have to, you know, wind the cord back up, then I got a cordless. <laughs> oh, no. And the game was changed. <laughs> Not the cordless phone. Yeah, man, the cordless phone. You just don't know. You don't even know what a house phone looks like. No, I remember having one growing up. You haven't grown up yet. I mean, you know, back in the back in the younger days. I mean, man, back probably like oh eight. Maybe, man. I don't. I don't oh eight, you had a house phone. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think I had a house phone in oh eight. I don't think I did. I think at that point I was I was in between cell phones. I always, you know, I had a cell phone and then the and I wouldn't pay the bill and I have to get a new number. There was a period in life when I I I had about 18. My mom will tell you, man, if she, you look in her cell phone today, she probably has my name and about eight different numbers. Like, all right, this is his his cell phone number. Nope, this is a new one. Nope, this is a new one. But once I got the one I have now, I stuck with it cuz it was the best number ever. So, I've had that number for a good, you know, more than 10 years. So, I've had it probably about 15 years now, but man, oh man, there was a period of time where if I didn't return your call immediately, why? Immediately, it was because, well, that number no longer works. So, there you go. That's me. The tales from back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to go down a phone rabbit hole here and be like, all right, what would your first cell phone look like? Uh, It was the the brick, the yellow iced tea brick, the New Jack City brick, the big yellow one with the big antenna. That I can one. picture it. Yeah, I had that one, and you had to pay by the minute, right? You had to pay for your minutes. It wasn't unlimited. But after nine o'clock on the week, after nine o'clock in weekends was free. So my, I promise you, no joke. My very first cell phone. I had a cell phone before a lot of my friends did, but I didn't want all my friends using my cell phone because I didn't want them to run up my bill. So I had a certain amount of minutes I could use throughout the week, throughout the month. But we had minutes, right? So maybe I had three hundred minutes at any time, right? After that, you had to pay. So 
what I did is I left my cell phone in my trunk. I, no joke. I left it in the trunk of my car, and I wouldn't bring it out till after 5. Because after 5 or after 9, I knew that, I knew that the, it was free. So I wouldn't really use it unless I had to, unless it was like emergency. That was the first time I had a, a real cell phone because I didn't want to pay the bill. But once 9 o'clock came and the weekend, oh, I was good. We were walking around the mall, passing the phone back and forth. I racked up every minute I could. And then as soon as that, as soon as Monday morning hit, I was like, nope, back in the, put, put my phone right back in the trunk. And that's just what I did. So that's, that's, how I, that's how I protected that cell phone. Then I think I got a, what was that? Remember that gray phone that was a flip phone? It was kind of fat. It was a Motorola, I think. And then I got a Nokia. I mean, I had so many different phones. It's ridiculous. So ridiculous. Oh, yeah. The only thing I can try to, um, you know, empathize with you on is that I remember when Singular had that rollover minutes. Uh-huh. So if you didn't use the minutes, you know, it could roll over to the next month. I never had that problem because I used all my minutes. I used all my minutes and then some. I was that guy that you'd call and say, the person is not accepting calls right now, which basically meant this dude's out of minutes or he ain't paid his bill. One of the two. <laughs> I meant to come back with some Josh McDaniel sound. I really did. But then I started getting these text messages, and so it made me go down memory lane of every cell phone I've ever had and trying to hook up with girls back in the day. Raider Chavez in the 916 said, I remember using the house phone to talk to girls, and my mom getting on the other phone in the house to tell me to get off the phone. It was hard to spit game when your mom cut you off. Hey, man, Raider Chavez, if I could give you a virtual hug, I would right now because that, hey, man, my mom used to mess me up. Love my mom to death, but she used to mess me up. My mom would get on the phone and say, the phone is not for gossip. It's for business. I can hear that like it's right now. Like she said it like five minutes ago. I feel like I remember that so like it was yesterday. The phone is not for gossip. It's for business. And then the girl on the phone would be like, oh, your mom's not playing. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, oh, no, it's cool. It's cool. And they're like, no, we'll let you go. And then, boom, it was over. And what am I going to say? Thanks, mom. Like, I can't say that. I just got to take it, you know, take that L. Like, all right, well, mama's talking. I promise you, the very first time I got busted, my mom wasn't at work. Or she was at work. She wasn't at home. And I was at the house, and I wasn't supposed to be on the phone. But mom's not home, so what do I, you know, what does it matter? I didn't realize that we had, uh, we had the line where you click over. When it beeps, you're supposed to click over. I didn't realize that because, one, I'm not supposed to be on the phone. I was a youngster. I think I was still in, like, seventh grade. So I didn't even know. But I remember I was talking to this girl on the phone named Michelle. I, like, I remember her name and everything. She went to the school. I was talking to her, and, and the phone kept beeping, and I had no idea. And, I, and she kept saying, what's wrong with your phone? I was like, I don't know. I think it's your phone. So, like, we went back and forth, and I was talking to her for a good 30, 45 minutes, right? And the phone, every couple minutes, just kept beeping and kept beeping. And I didn't know what the hell it was. And it was my mom calling on the other line. But I didn't know there was another line, so I wasn't clicking over because I didn't know how to click over. And then we had an answer machine, and it was supposed to answer, but since I was on the phone, the answer machine didn't pick up. So my mom knew I was... I was up there with some shenanigans going on, so I got in trouble for that. That was one of my first times getting in trouble on the phone. But, yeah, mom always told me, man, the phone is not for, for gossiping. It's for business. There's a lot of times she messed up what I had going on. Tons of times she had did all of that. Got a text from the 209. <laughs> While your mom would gossip with your aunt for hours, <laughs> laughing my ass off. That's funny. No, my mom wasn't a big gossiper on the phone. My mom wasn't a big talker. She was always working, so she wasn't really talking too much. Uh, she was she was about that business, man. My mom was about that business life. But yeah, uh, she would get me. She would really get me. And when it came to uh, when it came to being on that phone, I remember this one time, man. I promise you, we'll take a break. We got Vinny coming up next. Yes, we do. Okay. 
I was talking one time. I was talking to this girl named Crystal for a long time, man, and Crystal was good looking. But I just didn't – I never concealed the deal, right? I never concealed the deal. And one of these times I thought that I had a good conversation going, and that's when my mom yelled at me, get off the phone. And I was like, dang, spoiled again, right? Mom got me again. So, yeah, there you go. There's, there's that. Those are the stories. <laughs> Let's see. Jess hit me up real quick, and then we'll take a break. This has been a hilarious conversation. Jess said, my first phone was a mobile phone that had to uh, be plugged into the cigarette lighter. I remember that. And then he said, you always knew uh, you were on three-way when a girl called you and asked about her friend. See? There you go. There you go, Damon. That's that, that's that assist right there. Absolutely right. But normally it wasn't a girl calling to ask me about someone else. I didn't have it like that. It was always me and Chris calling to ask about somebody. And either I was the one who was being the, the, the talker or he would. And it's so funny because I'd say, uh, oh, he's shy. Or he would say, oh, yeah, Q, Q doesn't want to talk because he's, you know, he's, he's shy. There ain't a shy bone in my body. But, you know, that's just, <laughs> that's just how we had to work it. 429 is the time. Speaking of guy who works it all the time, Vinny Bonsignor, he'll join us next. We'll ask him about his adventures, and we'll talk about the Raiders, I promise. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us on the phone lines. And we definitely appreciate Vinny each and every time he joins us here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Before we get to Vinny, I wanted to pass this along from Jordan Schultz on Twitter. Schultz Report, he does a fantastic job. He said, Raiders safety Jonathan Abram is a trade candidate who at least three times or three teams have called on. Sources tell the score. That's from Jordan Schultz on Twitter. And so we bring in Vinny Bonsignor. And Vinny, we're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline. Uh, what do you think about what Jordan had to say on Twitter about teams calling about Jonathan Abram? Yeah, uh, no question. Uh, we talked about it on, on the morning show uh, a couple of days ago. From what I understand, um, it's the teams are calling because the Raiders have kind of signaled that Jonathan Abram might not be here uh, in the long term. Remember, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So it's really not unusual uh, that teams call to find out, you know, hey, uh, do you want something for him now? Uh, are you going to wait till you know, down the road to maybe get a, a comp pick? But, um, you know, here's the thing. He's still a good football player. And yeah. Jonathan's uh, defense, he's played for a whole bunch of defensive coordinators here for the Raiders. Um, and he's done a pretty good job. And he's made himself into a, a, a nice football player uh, in the correct kind of a role. You know, when you ask him to do things that, he might not be as proficient at, you know, there's going to be some issues. But when you play him in a role that suits him closer to the line of scrimmage, hunting the run, uh, covering in space rather than one-on-one, you know, situations, he's still a pretty good football player and has been showing that now for two years. So uh, no surprise to me that teams are interested and uh, are making calls to the Raiders. And the Raiders are definitely listening. It's their due diligence to do that. And if the right kind of deal comes along, uh, I wouldn't be surprised whether it's Jonathan Abram or, or anybody else. I wouldn't classify it at all, though, uh, as the Raiders shopping Jonathan Abram. Right. No, I wouldn't either. And the thing about it is Jonathan Abram, as you said, has done a good job. You know, I thought that he's done pretty well this, this year, and I think this uh, this game coming up against New Orleans, he really might be needed in a major way to kind of slow down Taysom Hill, who's kind of a, a jack-of-all-trades for that New Orleans team. What do you think his role will be this week against Taysom Hill and the Saints? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a really good call. Um, you know, in, in that regard, when Taysom comes on uh, on the field, and you know what the Raiders have been doing a lot of is playing three safeties. Yep. You know, with Jonathan kind of as a quasi linebacker, 
uh, down close in line of scrimmage and Merrig uh, and, and Dron Harmon as the two deep safeties, and they can kind of utilize those two guys as they see fit uh, in some pass coverage and some, some run coverage. So I like what they're trying to do with the three safeties, and I think it really does, again, suit what John Abram does well, closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, they need you know Trayvon to play a little bit better. I think the hip injury and himself learning a new system that's you know caused a little bit of a learning curve. But um, you know he needs to stay on the field to continue to get better and to continue to develop. But as far as Jonathan Abram, I can definitely see him being somebody that you know keys in on a, on a Taysom Hill, also helping run support against Alvin Kamara. Uh, so there's a lot of ways that you could utilize Jonathan Abram while also masking some of his uh, deficiencies. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Wanted to ask you one more question about the defense, and that is, you know, who steps up that's not named Max Crosby? Because the Saints, even though they don't have Drew Brees, they don't have Sean Payton, they still have an offense that can go, Vinny. Yeah, they do, and, you know, uh, you, you hope that Chandler Jones kind of continues on, um, you know, a little bit more of an upward uh, trajectory uh, over the last couple of games as he has. Uh, so, so you're hoping, you know, that, that comes to fruition. You know, Patrick Graham has changed things up with some blitzes, um, you know, that the Raiders have, have thrown out at teams. Unfortunately, they haven't been able to get home. Um, and, and when you don't get home on blitzes, Q, you know this, you're yep. leaving your defensive backfield vulnerable. Because you're, you're literally taking somebody out of pass coverage to go rush the quarterback. And if, and if it doesn't work, you know, whether it's that guy making the sack or, or somebody else uh, that, you know, somebody has to – switch off to go block the blitzer, and now all of a sudden it frees up the Max Crosby or Chandler Jones or Bilal Nichols or whoever it might be. Um, if you're not able to, to, to maximize when you do those blitzes, there's a chance that you're going to get burnt uh, on the back end, and that's kind of what's happened. Uh, it, it did happen against the Texans. They missed a couple. Uh, they dodged a couple of big-time bullets in that regard because Davis Mills just couldn't take advantage, but there were some open throws that uh, or open receivers that he could have thrown to on some of those blitzes so they got to be careful in that regard when jonathan hankins was traded Vinny, a lot of people wanted to ask is have the young guys produced enough that maybe have they proved enough to be able to get those snaps but do you think that with the absence of jonathan hankins that maybe cleveland farrell is now going to get some more of those reps on the interior of this defensive line well i think uh and, and not, not necessarily what i think what i've been told is uh farrell um and and matthew butler are projecting upward. Uh, they like to see it. Uh, and I think both guys have earned some more time, like you said, uh, especially Neil Farrell. Uh, he's, he plays well, he's played well uh, these last couple of games and, and showed them a lot. Uh, so maybe he's going to get more snaps. Clea has been definitely somebody that they can uh, you know, have versatility with, whether it's on the outside or sliding inside. He's done that more and more, and he's, and he's done a pretty good job. Uh, I think they want to get Matthew Butler uh, in the mix as well. I also wouldn't rule out a trade. You know, just because they traded a defensive tackle doesn't mean they're not looking to upgrade at defensive tackle. Uh, so keep an eye on that. You know, as we've talked about this trade deadline, though, I think the Raiders really want to accomplish two things uh, out of it if they do go down that path. One is uh, bringing in somebody that's going to obviously help right now, but also somebody that's going to be here for a little while. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs trade that they made uh, today. Um, and, and think along those lines when it comes to the Raiders. Somebody that they're going to have some control over contract-wise, a young player that they see fitting, not just now, but down the road. I don't see them giving up assets for just a stopgap or somebody that's going to only be here for a few months. It's got to be something that's going to be here short-term and long-term.
All right. Well, I was going to ask you about Chandler Jones, but do you have a player in mind or somebody at a position-wise that you think the Raiders should look for on this trade deadline? Do you have someone that you could throw out that would be a good fit for the Raiders contract-wise and position-wise like you just mentioned? Well, I think somebody like Payne, um, you know, from, yeah. from, from Washington, the defensive tackle there. Um, you know, but again, if you're going to go down that road, you have to be pretty darn sure – uh, that you're going to be able to lock him up. He's going, you know, he is in the last year of his contract. He's going to mm-hmm. be a free agent uh, next year. So you have to keep that in mind. It's all got to kind of fit from, you know, uh, every different angle. And, and what it's going to take to get like that, a guy like that, Washington's not going to just give him away, right? right? Uh, yep. He'd be an ideal fit with the Raiders. There's no question about it. The player fits. Uh, but are you going to give up, you know, some premium uh, draft picks to go get him? Uh, and are you going to be sure that you're going to be able to sign it? If something like that were to happen where you had a pretty good idea that he was going to stick around here for a little while, that's absolutely somebody that the Raiders should be targeting. Vinny, what I would do in that situation, because I think Jerome Payne from Washington would be an ideal fit with the Raiders as well, I would do just like they did with Devontae Adams. They made the trade with Green Bay, and they signed him to a contract extension before it was ever even announced, right? I mean, that's, that's exactly what you do if you're going to get a guy like Payne. You give up, I would say, a third-round pick. I would start there and see if they would bite on that. If not, I would say a second, and that's it. And I know this regime is comfortable with having a certain, thing, you know, a certain level that they'll go to, and then that's it. You know, they're not going any higher than that. So I'd start with a three, settle with a two, and also sign up to a contract extension before he ever stepped foot uh, on the practice field. That, that would just be how I would approach it. Guys like that, I think that's what you have to do. Yeah, exactly, um, and because he's worth it, too. Yes. You know, he's worth the pick, for sure. Um, uh, you know, I wouldn't go much higher than the second, like you said, uh, but, but you have to have some comfort level that you're not just giving away a pick for somebody that's going to be here uh, just a little while uh, longer. Although, you know, there is the franchise tag uh, that they'd be able to use in that case, so, um, you know, that, that's a tool that they could think about. But, you know, I think, like, like we were talking about, Somebody like and what you just referred to, the Devontae Adams trade, uh, you make it a seamless transition. You trade for a guy that you know is going to be uh, here for the next four or five years. Right, exactly right. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. Of course, you can hear him on the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. here on Radio Nation Radio 920, and all his work is in the RJ, the Las Vegas Review-Journal. So, Vinny, let me ask you this, man. You were in the locker room today. You, yesterday you were there. You talked to Darren Waller. Today you were able to talk to Josh Jacobs. And, and, and folks, what was it like in the locker room, especially because when we look at the injury report, we see that an illness that looked like a flu or a bug got through that Raiders locker room, and even Devontae Adams and Tayshaun Bauer are still guys that were missing from practice today. Yeah, um, and I expect uh, you know both of those guys, especially Devontae Adams, uh, to, to to play on Sunday. You know, I'd be really shocked if he if he didn't. Something was going around uh, the locker room, that's for sure. You know, it was really cool today. I was asking guys, just kind of off the cuff, uh, of their experiences uh, playing at uh, what's now the Caesars Superdome, I guess they call it, uh, yeah. but the, the stadium in New Orleans. Because you know, when you think about it, whether it's the SEC, the Sugar Bowl playoff games uh, in the Sugar Bowl, uh, that's that's a place where if you're a high-end college football player on a high-end college team, you're going to end up there. Now, Josh Jacobs told us uh, or told me that he's never lost in the Superdome. I, I haven't been able to check it to verify. I'm taking his word for it. Hunter Renfro had a bitter memory. Uh, they lost in the Sugar Bowl, which was a playoff game. I want to say it was to Alabama. You probably know a little bit better on that one, Q. Yeah. Um, so, so, so it's funny because a lot of those guys have been through that stadium in college. Uh, Nikal Roby, the last time he was there, I don't know if he's going to get called up for the practice squad or not, 
But the last time he was there, of course, as a Rams cornerback, yep. uh, the play that basically helped get the Rams to the Super Bowl. So it's one of those venues that's been around so long and it's so historic, both from an NFL standpoint, Super Bowls and all that, but also a college standpoint. So to hear some of the young players talk about that experience playing over there is pretty cool. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And, DeMond, what movie was it that we did the premiere for with Radio Nation Radio 920? Remember, it was it was National played. Champions, right? National Champions. You hated that movie, but I thought it was oh, a good movie. I hate a strong word. I mean, <laughs> I, just didn't think it was, I just didn't think it was realistic. It wasn't. It wasn't very realistic, but that was taking place in uh, in the Superdome. I love New Orleans. It's a fantastic city. I know you guys are going to have a good time uh, when you go down there to cover the game. So, uh, Vinny, you know, just more about the locker room and, and the way that they're practicing today. Uh, you know, it, it seemed like uh, head coach Joshua Daniels has been in a pretty good mood throughout the course of the week. What what kind of vibe did you just get from the players as far as their opportunity they have this week to go up against a team that they should win because on paper they're better than? Yeah, and what's what I think is really cool is how um, I think the Raiders understand how good they, they are. Talking to Darren Waller, you know, about getting him on the field and being another weapon uh, on what's really a good offense as it is, but can be even better. But also the fact that they're not taking anybody um, for granted. They know that, okay, yeah, they're a good team. Yeah. The Raiders are. Uh, that's pretty obvious. But the record says otherwise. Right. Uh, and they look at that record, and that's kind of how they're the lens that they're looking at other teams in. Because in their eyes, Saints are 2-5. and five, The Raiders are 2-4. and four, and That's not that far off. You know what I'm right. saying? So right. uh, I think as bad as it is that they're 2-4, and four, then there's no question that that's not good. Uh, I think it's given them the correct perspective uh, in these games. I mean, they're going to play against a team in the Saints that they're better than. You just said it. I agree with you. They're going to go play the Jacksonville Jaguars a week later. I think you and I both agree they're better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. These are two teams that they should beat, but they also shouldn't be overlooking. And where they are record-wise, they can't be overlooking anybody because they can't slip up much more. And I think that's what's, what's been really refreshing, talking to these guys in the locker room, they understand what's at stake. They understand what their record is. I think they truly understand how good they are, but they're not going to overlook anybody either. No, they can't, you know, because, again, like Bill Parcells used to say, you are what your record says you are. And right now exactly. the record says they're not very good. They're 2-4, and four, and the Saints are 2-5. and five. And the Saints, I mean, hell, they, they win a couple games. They'll be in first place in their division. I mean, their division stinks, right? I mean, their division is 3-4 and four right now is leading that division. So they believe that they can still, uh, you know, go out there and win that division. So they're going to throw everything at the Raiders and then some. So uh, final couple questions for you, Vinny. What do you think the – or what do you anticipate that, that uh, atmosphere being like there at the Super dome on a sunday halloween weekend yeah i'm wondering because you know i've been there when it's been rock and roll and i know you have as well yep um where it's just and you can't you can't hear anything it's to me it's the loudest i know kansas city's loud to me new orleans is, is, has been the, the loudest that i've ever been in uh but but they are two and five you know what i'm saying yeah. and, and it's, it's andy dalton the quarterback like i know no disrespect to andy dalton you know, but does that, how excited are you as a fan base when that's your quarterback right now? You know, and Jameis Winston hasn't been able to take charge of that uh, of, of it. So uh, there's not, you know, even though, you, like you just said, and rightfully so, they're still in that race because that division is so bad. Um, so, so there's a little bit of hope, but I just do wonder uh, how loud it's going to be and how excited and hyped it's going to be because when you look at the records, there's not much to really, you know, uh, be, be excited about, but. It is New Orleans that gets loud. That place gets really, really loud. Mm. Uh, and that's one thing I think that the Raiders got to be careful of. you got to go in there and step on their throat early on and just eliminate that as even a possibility. 
if you let the Saints get some big plays, and all of a sudden Alvin Kamara is running around making big plays, that, that place is going to get revved up in a hurry, and then you got a problem on your hands. Vinny, with the team staying over on the East Coast after this game against the Saints, Deron Harmon, he mentioned yesterday on the show that, hey, it's going to be a good thing for the team to build up camaraderie. Do you think that that's a good decision for the team to stay on the East Coast in between these two games? Yeah, uh, definitely. And I've been part of uh, this a few times now, covering the NFL as a West Coast reporter. You know, you go back East for two straight games, uh, it takes a lot out of a, uh, out of a team. So, you know, from a, from a practical standpoint, just being able to stay out there and get used to that time zone a little bit more uh, and get acclimated to the weather. It's still going to be hot in Florida, and it will be hot in, in Jacksonville uh, in the 80s, uh, it's supposed to be. So from that perspective, it makes a lot of sense. But then from a team-building perspective, absolutely without question. When you got to go out on your own and, and you're going out to dinner together every night, you know, when, when, when guys leave work here, not that they don't like each other, they, of course they do, but guys have families, guys have their own life, guys want to just get away from the building and get away from football and go chill at the crib and do their thing, you know. Um, you see these guys all the time, so, so you have an easy out just to go home and, and chill by yourself. That's not the case in these week-long situations. There's going to be team breakfasts, team lunches, team dinners, practices. I'm sure they're going to go out to see a movie together, uh, do things that, that, that you know young guys like to do and, and just hang out and have a good time, uh, but also you know understand it's a business trip, but from that from that perspective of a team bonding perspective, I always feel it's really beneficial. Q, I'm sure you, I, I would think that you'd agree too. Oh yeah, 100%. I think it's the greatest idea, and not to mention Jacksonville, I've said it before a couple times, they're playing the Broncos in London this week. So the Raiders yes. are going to be leaving New Orleans, headed straight to Florida, and then Jacksonville, they're going to be coming back. And I realize they're on the East Coast, so it's not that long of a flight as it is for the West Coast, but it's still a trip from London, uh, and they're going to be trying to get their sea legs back under them while the Raiders are already there kind of well-rested and preparing. So I think it's a big deal. I really do. But I, I you agree. Know. I totally agree. But you got to do one game at a time. So New Orleans is up first before you can even wonder and worry about Jacksonville. Now, Vinny. Final question for you, and this is the most important. You said uh, what young guys like to do, so let's take the Raiders out of it and just talk about young guys in general. I was trying to teach young DeMond a little while ago about what we used to do back in the day, at least what I used to do back in the day, which is I'd get on the phone with my cousin Chris. We'd call a girl on three-way, and uh, it was called the party line at that time. We'd call her. He'd start spitting some game like, hey, what do you think about Q, yada, yada, yada. And then I'd have all the information I need, so when I talked to her, I already knew the answers to the test. DeMond don't know about that, and he said that he just likes to, he'd rather go down by himself. I know you, man, old school. I know, look, I know you're married now, as I am too. Very happy. But back in the day, man, that was game, man. That's what we did. Yes, absolutely. You, you, it, was, it was the buddy system. We used to call it the buddy system. There you, you go. Know, uh, where <laughs> <laughs> you're going to help each other out, man. That's just how, that's just how it goes. Now, there are times where, um, well, I'm not going to say that. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, where maybe, you, maybe you got into a, a little, no, 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 no. I was your first type of thing, you know. You get into that a little bit, but, yep. but when, when it comes to your good friends, you know, you're gonna you're gonna help each other out. So um, there's no question that that 
That was going on. You're trying to get me in trouble, kid. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, look, hey, man, look. I, 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 hey, man, I was an old school, cold, cold player back in the day, man. Now, I was way back in the day. But we used to have, a, like you said, the buddy system, man, and that's just what we did. And people are hitting us up and saying, oh, man, Q, you were on dial-up when you were doing it or you were using a rotary phone. I was like, no, man, that's that, the, the, the youngsters these days, man. They, they, all, they got their internets. I say internets. I'm having fun with it. They, you know, they got all their Snapchats and everything. Thing and they, you know, they think they got game, Vinny. We had all the game back in the day, man. We we created the game, Q. Come on Ex- now, that, 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 that we made it easy for them now. We made exactly, it, we, we laid the ground for that. That's, that's right. Absolutely. That's right. Look, we laid the pavement. You're right about that. Good. Hey, that's a great way to put it, Vinny. Definitely appreciate that. Hey, what what do you got coming up tonight uh, to kick off week eight for NFL? And then, uh, what? Well, this weekend you should be out of town. But are you kicking off anything tonight? Yeah, um, I'm not going to be there tonight, but uh, over at the Rockstar Bar and Grill, they're doing their thing on Thursday night, so go check out uh, a good football game. Great food, great drinks. Um, uh, Tell everyone I said hello. Uh, They'll hook you up uh, when when you're there. So, uh, and then we'll be back at uh, the Rockstar for uh, a rally. Um, It's going to be a little while. Uh, It'll be uh, ahead of that Colts game, so um, so uh, put that on your calendar as well. Uh, but yeah, tonight uh, definitely over at Rockstar Bar and Grill. They're they're uh, they're doing their thing on Thursday night football. All right, that'll work. And then what do you? Are you got anything that you're writing special that we should be on the lookout for in the RJ? I am writing about um, you know it, it it probably happened so fast that, pe- that some people for, kind of forget about it. But uh, but you know Dennis, Dennis Allen was Derek Carr's first coach. He drafted him uh, yep. back in the day in 2013, and uh, get a chance to talk to Derek yesterday about. His memories of it was kind of his aha NFL moment, uh, like oh, this is what it's all about. When four games into his rookie year, the guy that drafted him and the guy that trusted him, the first coach that trusted him uh, to be the Raiders' starting quarterback, gets fired, and just his kind of memories of that. And, and uh, it's really interesting because they've remained close over the years. They talk all the time. Derek is extremely thankful for the role that Dennis Allen played uh, in his career. Uh, they won't be talking about it. They won't be talking this week, that's for sure. But after the game, I'm sure uh, they'll start, share some time together. But it was pretty cool to to hear Derek remember 10 years ago about how he figured out the NFL is for real, for real, when uh, his coach got fired four games into his rookie year. Right, yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday. Well, good stuff, Vinny. We definitely appreciate you as always. Thanks for uh, sending over Waller and Crosby and Jacobs. That was some good stuff that, of course, we played here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We appreciate you as always, brother. Uh, have a good show tomorrow and have a safe trip to New Orleans. All right, thank you very much. And, and uh, Damon, go get yourself one of those buddies, man. Like, like, <laughs> yes, right. There he goes, Vinny Bonsignor. He knows about the buddy system, brother. You need to have a buddy. You got to have a buddy, Damon, and you just don't have a buddy. 4.53 is the time. We're going to take a quick break, come back, close out the show, let you know where Clay Baker's at tonight so you can catch up with him as he does it real big for Thursday Night Football. We'll give you all that as we close out the show here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 4.55 is the time. Just got a quick second to close out the show. My man Clay Baker from the Morning Tailgate Show. You can find him at Chickies and Pete's tonight for Sunday or Thursday night football, excuse me, uh, inside the Sahara Las Vegas. So he'll be there till at least 8 o'clock. So definitely go check him out. Again, he's got big things going on at Chickies and Pete's inside Sahara 
Las Vegas. One quick text from Vegas Pete, 69187, keyword R&R. If there's going to be a trade, I hope it's for another DB. Our corners are a little shaky, minus Hobbs. Abram is a sure tackler, so that would va- that that shows his value. I hope he stays. That's from my guy, Vegas Pete. Definitely appreciate him. Again, Chickies and Pete's inside of Sahara, Las Vegas. That's where you can find Clay Baker. And tomorrow, this show will be generated from... Buffalo Wild Wings on Eastern in Henderson. Go check me out. I'll be there with plenty of prizes from Coors Light, 2 to 5 p.m. It's going to be a fun time closing out the week strong here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Good night.